Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? Ah, <laughs> I know. That's uh, that's how I'm feeling after the uh, rainy day blues of Sunday night football. That said, you know, just to continue our our conversation from the last pod, I think. I think I have determined that I do like Sunday night football. It's okay. You know, it, it keeps it on the Sunday. So while you, you do have to wait all day, it's still, you know, you get a little bit of um, excitement at the end of the day, but you still get your Sunday, if that makes any sense. You know, so if you need to make the Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, honeydew list run or, or whatever, you know, you still... Or quite frankly, you want to take a nice two-hour football nap in the middle of the day. You know, I, I if you still get to do that and then enjoy your Ravens in the evening. So I mean, well, at least that's typically the plan. I don't know that I that I really enjoyed is probably the wrong term or descriptor for that game on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I did not have fun watching that game. Um, from the weather to how it happened to the outcome, I just didn't. I just didn't enjoy yeah. that. Let's um, get this caveat out of the way right now. The weather sucked. It was yeah. a freaking monsoon, and it was outrageous. And both teams had to play in it. And obviously, that is has to be factored in with everything on all of our comments. But. I'll I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Um, so I guess in case you don't know what we're talking about, the the Ravens lost twenty three <laughs> to seventeen uh, against the New England Patriots um, in New England. There was a crazy crazy storm that actually was the same storm earlier in the day uh, delayed the Browns Texans game by like forty minutes. So enough to delay a football game, and then the Ravens and Patriots had to play right through it. Um, but like you said, both teams had to play through it, so it's not really an excuse. Um, the Patriots really just outplayed the Ravens. Um, and their definitely, own game, uh, quite frankly. Yeah, 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 quite a bit. You know, they were very effective in the running game. Uh, Cam Newton made uh, quite a few very simple passes. If I'm if I'm uh, being straight, if I'm being straight. Uh, nothing really complicated about the passes that he made in that game, but, uh, you know, he did complete what he had to, um, kind of reminded me, unfortunately, which we'll get into a little bit later of the loss to the Titans last year where, uh, you know, they kind of ran the ball at will and then just made the few passes that they needed to make. Um, some man, so where do we start? I think the best way to go about this is go through it like a good, bad, and ugly. Because despite the loss, I, I did find some good uh, in, in the Ravens' play. And, um, you know, I, I hope you did too, uh, Holly. And, and maybe I'll let you start. Is there anything good that came out of this uh, loss for you? I'll be honest with you, TK. There's not a lot of good that I found in this game um you know outside of maybe you know Gus Edwards on offense I I did like continue I continue to like what I see out of him even added a nice little you know catch for 30 yards um so that was nice to see, you know, Lamar, I think, had a way better game, I think, than he's probably being given credit for, um, you know, over 300 total yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, I mean, he, he did have a bad pick. There was a point in the game where he, he should have absolutely run the football, probably for a first down, and he chose to throw. And it was incomplete. So, I mean, there are definitely, he is not in his best of games at the moment. But 
That said, he was still an effective player. He was not the reason the Ravens lost the football game. <sighs> you know, I, that's, I'll be honest with you, that's all I got. What, what do you have? Okay, so I agree. I think Lamar Jackson was pretty good uh, on Sunday. Um, like you said, the two mistakes, the interception to J.C. Jackson, um, that was not great. Uh, you know, you try to give your wide receiver a chance to make a play, and, you know, he doesn't do that and ends up in an interception. Uh, and then the, the play that you mentioned was uh, was a high pass to Willie Sneed that he couldn't bring down. And it was likely that uh, Lamar would have gotten the first down on the ground if he if he tucked it. And, um, you know, we're here on Wednesday the 18th. And I think earlier today, um, Lamar did say that that was one of the plays he wishes he could have back is just uh, keep it on the ground and, um, you know, uh, uh, do it himself. When you know you're going to get it, go get it. Especially yeah. that point in the game and that down of the game. I mean, no, I, I, I take that back. Was that second down or was it third down? That was a second down. Okay. Um, and eventually, well, I guess there's, there's, certain, there's certain aspects to this. Because on that drive, the, the Ravens end up scoring a touchdown. Um, which was a really, really nice drive. Um, but it did take an extra four and a half minutes, just about. And when you're playing from behind and the other team is running effectively and, uh, you know, you can't really stop what they're doing on the ground, uh, that four and a half minutes becomes pretty, pretty big. And, you know, not saying that that one play would have cut off all four and a half minutes there, but uh, you would have liked to be a little bit more efficient uh, with your time and with your plays, especially given the weather. Um, you know, you're not in that kind of weather. You're probably not going to pop a 70, 80 yard touchdown. Uh, the big plays just weren't happening because of how sloppy it was. And, you know, there were chunks to be had, but, you know, not. Um, I think he, overall he did a good job of knowing uh, the right time to tuck and run. And, you know, he did average over five yards of carry. But I think that one was an opportunity for him to make something happen on the ground by himself. So, yeah, I, I do agree. But overall, uh, I do think that he was pretty good. Um, didn't get a ton of help. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I really bothers me, actually, is the illegal formation penalty, which negated an 18-yard gain, uh, which then ended up, you know, that drive ended up stalling out and, you know, didn't score, even though 18 yards is huge in, in a play. So, Who I was that I'm, called I'm, on, by the way? The, I'm not sure if it was called on one person, but the penalty was that there were not enough men on the line of scrimmage. So I believe the rule is that you need seven guys on the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, it, most of the time it ends up being like the quarterback who's not on the line of scrimmage because he's getting the snap. Uh, sure. Some of the wide, re wide receivers are, are offset, running backs, whatever. But there needs to be seven guys on the line of scrimmage. And that was the penalty that was called. We didn't have enough guys up there. Was Boykin so, one of the wide receivers that wasn't up on the line? Um, that's a good question. I I couldn't tell if that was Boykin or if it was DuVernay. If it was DuVernay, I will give him a rookie pass. If it was Boykin, I I am really starting to get frustrated by his play. Beyond yeah. Um, in the NFL game book, they do not mention one player. So it might have been more than Multiple. one guy. Yeah. Gotcha. That was not like on the line. Foul. Right. So um, overall, Lamar, pretty good. Mistakes, yes. But I think in general, he played well enough for uh, if, if other guys had picked up some slack, this is a game that we could have snuck out with a win. Um, other good. Once the change in the offensive line was made, um, so that was DJ Fluker being removed from the right tackle position. Uh, Pat McCary slid from right guard to right tackle, and Ben Powers was inserted into the right guard spot. I thought those two played pretty well once that change was made, given the situation. You know, McCary was 
the backup center last year, uh, plugged in to play right guard, and then now is bumping all the way outside to play uh, tackle. And, um, you know, there's a reason why tackle is such a tough position to play. And for a backup center, uh, undrafted free agent to come in and, and play pretty admirably is uh, is pretty big deal. And, and I think that, uh, you know, he deserves his praise for the way that he played. Without a doubt. I mean, he, he showed it last year. He continues to show it this year. He's an invaluable member of the line. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just the way that he plugged in after Skura's uh, injury last year. And we'll, we'll get to Skura, don't worry. But, you know, the, he just seems like a good football player. And, yeah, um, you know, in, in the past few games, he's had some questionable penalties, like a holding penalty, I believe, was either last week or two weeks ago, in which he, like, actually tried to hold but didn't end up getting there. Um, and they still called it on him. But, you know, they, I mean, he, like you said, he's become pretty valuable to the line. And then Powers, I thought, was pretty good, um, given the way that he was plugged in. And, uh, you know, it seemed like they were having some trouble getting some push. But I think after Powers came in, uh, there was a little bit more of a settled-in feel to the offensive line play. So that's the good. Where else is the good? Like you said, Gus Edwards, he's been our best back this year. Uh, I thought he was good again, uh, especially adding the catch. I thought Devin DuVernay was good. Um, you know, starting to get him the ball a little bit. So yeah, I mean, Sneed was all right. Sneed know? was good. Yes, he's been he's been good this year. I mean, he's been good as of late. You know, well. he had probably more than all right. I don't want to. I mean, he had probably one of the better games of his career. So I mean, I don't want to totally discount yeah. things. But I mean, yeah, he, don't he, he had a very he played well. Yeah, two touchdowns. I mean, he's he's ended up being the best receiver on the team, and. You know, going into go after the after week <laughs> one, right after week one, you know, my overreaction of the week was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a solid number three. Like, what? <laughs> Where did that happen? Yeah. Like, you know, that that yeah. just doesn't you know, it, it's not the way that it should be. But regardless, he is playing good football and, and that's good to see. And it seems you know, like he and Lamar have a connection. Yes, he yeah, was. Yeah, and, and sure. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump jump in front of you there, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, Mark Mark Andrews was was involved. I think a little bit more. Obviously, seven receptions, sixty yards. You, you'd hope that you get a touchdown or two in there from him, um, just because it's that kind of game. But still, at least it's good to see him getting involved. Obviously, outside of Snead, they really kind of spread it around. Um, outside of that, I mean, actually, you look at the. The, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, ten different receivers caught the ball, um, which mm-hmm. is, in, in some respects, I guess, kind of interesting. But you know, when some of those receivers are Patrick Ricard, Justice Hill, Nick Boyle. No offense to Nick Boyle, but you know, uh, you start to go, okay, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe uh, this isn't. I don't know. It's we've got issues, man. We've got issues, and I, I'm not sure it's all the players. We've got issues. Yeah, uh, I think that was about as much I'm sorry, good as we'll be able to, to find on the good at this point. I'm I'm trying to find some good. I mean, I guess I, I you know there's probably you know there were some flashes at, at certain points. I mean, and Gakwe had a. There was a play made, I, I think it was a Judon that made the play, but Ngakwe totally blew up the blocker. Um, that was Harrison. You know, it, it, um, on the stretch, right? Well, either uh, way, Harrison had a, uh, had some nice plays as well. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, but I don't know. I mean, I, I continue to wait to see uh, Ngakwe really break out. You know, I think that's coming. I, it's coming. see it yeah. coming, hopefully. But I just hope it comes while the Ravens are still you know working it I mean I was we we can talk a little bit more that more about upcoming schedule and all that stuff later but I mean I I'm definitely gonna have some concerns about how well this team I mean let's just get into the injuries now I mean yeah yeah we can move to the bad I think we got as much good out of yeah we out of this game as we could yeah um you know Nick Boyle that hurts big time the running game now. Yeah. To lose Stanley yeah. and Boyle. 
and then have Fluker be terrible and have Skura be terrible right now at center. I, I mean, it's a problem. And I, he's a warrior coming back from that awful knee injury last year. It was great to see. It was a fun story. Uh, it hasn't worked out. And they've got to do something. And I don't know if there is something they can do at this point of the season. Um, you know, there are some times where injuries just take their toll. And I'm afraid we're qu- quickly approaching the point where injuries are going to take their toll. And have. Yes. Uh it's tough. It's definitely a, a very difficult situation as far as the injuries go. Um, that sucks for Boyle. I feel really bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to. Now see he has one year ever, left but... on his deal. How many? How many more uh, seasons does he uh, have? He left? did sign a three-year extension, but let me look at his contract right now. Because I was thinking it was before last season. Yeah, so 2021 is his last year on contract, or or under contract. Okay. Um, So give it, like, say he's out for a year. I mean, he's not showing up until, you know, week 9, week 10, week 11 of next year. And, uh, you know, that's tough. You know, training camp is definitely in question at this point. You know, I would think, and... Yeah, I'd be really surprised. Hopefully, you know, we'll just have to see. Now, was it how serious? I I don't recall reading exactly how serious uh, it was. Was it uh, – how bad was the injury? Do you know? I mean, obviously, it's season-ender, but, I mean, do you know how many ligaments were torn? Um, I, I think they confirmed the ACL. Yeah, let me let me do my own research while you while you talk about another okay. uh, another down point. Yeah, unf- unfortunately, there's there's a lot of injuries to talk about. Uh, Brandon Williams went down after just five snaps, which obviously negatively impacted the Ravens' run defense. Uh, that was a tough loss, especially with Calais Campbell also out. Uh, it meant a lot more snaps for Justin Ellis, Justin Matabike and Broderick Washington. Um, as good as Matabike and Washington could be, uh, you know, they did struggle against a pretty good offensive line uh, that the Patriots have. And, and as, as did Justin Ellis, I think all three of them had a, had a tough day. But, you know, if, if that's the case moving forward and Brandon Williams isn't able, able to come back uh, for week 11 against the Titans and Clays Campbell, uh, isn't able to come back. That could get ugly uh, because everybody knows how how good they are at running the ball, and that uh, could be a very tough position uh, to put some of these Ravens defenders in, especially the depth yeah. guys. Uh, Terrell Bonds also went down, unfortunately. I think he was placed on IR as well. Um, so the secondary depth still is uh, very thin. Very thin. Um, you know, now we're looking looking forward to get a guy getting a guy like Anthony Averett back off of injured reserve. And think about earlier this season, everybody was like, "Oh man, he's the weak link," and you know, he's going to lose us the game against the Steelers. Or who, I forget who that was, but he was going to lose us the game. And now we are, you know, thrilled to get him back. So that kind of shows you the range or the roller coaster of, of emotions over the season as far as the injuries go. That is for sure, man. And and just looking at some of the, the Boyle news, it doesn't look like they've released exactly how serious it was, just that it's season ender, you know, and then he's he's out. So let's let's hope that, you know, maybe he's back for the first game or two, you know, or maybe he misses the first game or two and then, you know, can get back in October um, or something like that. But uh, all the best to Nick Boyle for sure. But for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you, you look at you look at how the Ravens lost and it really harkens back to that loss in the playoffs against the Titans. And the fact that we're moving forward the following week with the game against <laughs> the Titans doesn't really make you feel um, 
feel too great. I mean, especially because this this game, and not to progress too much past the the Patriots, but um, you know the the Titans game was going to be a benchmark for this team. Yeah, you know, I mean, mostly for the defense, but 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 still for the offense that was basically shut down. I mean, let's be real. They got for the first time all season really against the against Tennessee last year. The offense was shut down, and or at least enough for Tennessee to never let us get close to the lead again. And I just you look at these injuries, and you know everything we got, just about everything we we were excited about you know, having to stop, uh, especially the biggest piece being Calais Campbell, you know, to stop Derrick Henry. Well, he and Brandon Williams being out. I mean, that's going to be, going to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely disappointing. Cause like you said, it was kind of like a, a benchmark game. See, you know, have we improved from last year? Have we truly improved? Um, and maybe we don't really get a chance to get a fair look at that. Um, let's see. Outside of injuries, I, I found a couple more bad things as well. I mentioned one earlier, uh, which is the illegal formation penalty. And this is the Ravens' fourth straight week with an illegal formation penalty. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. It's just... No, it seems like a careless mistake. And I like I get that it's a young offense. It's like a rookie offense, like a bunch of rookies, second year guys. But how long have they been playing football in general? How like do you like not understand the rules? The coaching staff, when you're designing a play, how do you not make sure that it is allowed? How do you not make yeah. sure? I mean, that, I can you know, understand, we, okay, it's training camp, and maybe people are running around or not getting set because they still have college in their mind or something, you know, and they can, there's a lot more motion, you know, but come on, like, you're middle of the season, it's not like the Ravens haven't been practicing these fucking plays, excuse my French, all all year. It, it, I, I find it appalling at this point. It's stupid. And it keeps negating like really nice plays. Really good plays. Like an 18-yard pass to Mark Andrews. They're game killer. Yeah, that's a killer, man. Especially when you're losing in a rainstorm where you know yards are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. First downs are hard to come by. You get a nice play to get some momentum, and then it comes right back. And it is such a, such a killer. And it's such a – it seems like an easy thing to fix to be like, hey, make sure you're lined up where you're supposed to be lined up. Uh, I'm not, I, like, I don't know how you go four straight weeks with one. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't feel like our offense is all that complicated. I like, you know, it's all all we we seem to seem to do the same crap a lot. You know? It, it it's yeah. one thing if we'd be if we're really in and out of all these formations and you know, all this crazy stuff and you know trips and all this other you know, we don't really do that. So what the hell guys? I mean, I know it's easy for you and me to say that, but it seems seems extremely careless. It, it yeah, it really does, and I, I I don't know how it happens four weeks in a row. Yeah, it is it, like because after the second time it happens, don't you say like, all right, guys, <laughs> like we got to yeah. figure this out. We got to figure out how to line up. Yeah, you know, so that was bad to me. Uh, I like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, no, I've got one for you. Yeah. That we, that we texted about a bit during the game. Yeah. In the first quarter, before we kicked the field goal, 
the red zone package that we had in place still to this moment completely infuriates me. Mm-hmm. We've got Mark Ingram back. We've got J.K. Dobbins, who's had moments throughout the season. We have Gus Edwards available, who has been our best back throughout the season. And who do we have in our red zone package in the fourth quarter of a miserable, rainy, awful game in New England that we have to win? game that New England has already shown okay, they, they're coming to play. And we have Justice Hill in at running back in our red zone package inside the 15. It's not even our red zone package. It was like our goal line package. And it wasn't like the decoy player. You know, it just, it was incredibly stupid. It, we didn't do anything new. We didn't add any wrinkles and have like, oh, this is the Justice Hill package. It's going to get fun. <laughs> we did the same old crap. It looked terrible. And we settled for a field goal. What are we doing, PK? What? I don't know. What is it's, Greg Roman doing? I, I don't want to be that guy. Mind you, I do not want to be that guy. We praised Greg Roman. He was a breath of fresh air last year. But like I said, the last two weeks, things seem to go quickly with Greg Roman. People start praising his running game, but that passing game is so crappy that he's never able to get over that hump. What can the Ravens do to help Greg Roman get over that hump? Is there anything that they can do? Um, you know, that's, that's a big question uh, because I would love to see Des Bryant this week and you know, get some new weapons out there, try something a little bit different. Uh, but, but is it about line, the players or is it about the plays? Um, probably both. And, you know, I, I want to get into another play call in a little bit, but I, I just want to go back to your situation sure. with Justice Hill. He's a good player, right? We've seen we've seen yeah, things and, like that before. Exactly. But I don't want to and, and not to keep talking over you that, that definitely for listeners out there. I'm not trying to kill Justice Hill. It's actually kind of nice to see him get a little bit of involvement in the offense. My main, my main issue was, is that's not the time to bring in Justice Hill without some kind of special reason to truly have him in there. But I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. If that's the time you have Justice Hill in the game, why did you draft J.K. Dobbins? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like He's shown that yeah. he can catch passes. Uh, he's shown that he's a very effective runner. He's shown a few times that he's good in pass protection. Why did you take him in the second round if he's not going to be the guy? Uh, you know, and and if Gus Edwards isn't going to be the guy who's, who we said has been the best runner this year, I like that kind of confused me too. Um, it was just strange to see that. I think Dobbins. Uh, poses a, a different kind of threat than than Justice Hill would to a defense. Uh, you know, you ke- you key in more on a guy like Dobbins than you would on Justice Hill, and and it was just strange to see that for sure. Um, huh? Your other your other question: How do we help Greg Roman? Because, um, you know, and, and there probably know, isn't a good answer right now to that. But I guess my point is, it isn't necessarily, you know, do you see the Ravens? Let me rephrase, because really, it's a, I, I, it was probably a little too high level. So do you see the Ravens? Figuring out a way to add to this passing game or augment these plays 
enough with Greg Roman still as the offensive coordinator? Um, you know, not really. I think he is what he is. I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it comes down to like execution. Um, you know, because if you execute a couple things, then Roman looks like a genius. Uh, but then when it yeah. doesn't go right, uh, you know, for example, the play that I wanted to talk about was the fourth down uh, wildcat to Mark Ingram. And that uh, snap, you lose a ton of yards, you turn the ball over, and the Patriots come down and score immediately. Uh, that same play call was a 40-yard touchdown run against the Texans earlier this year. Sure. So, you know. On one side, you look like a genius, you ice the game, and you go home with a win. On, on this time around, it's a bad snap. Ingram can't handle it. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, it, it looks like the complete opposite. My thing is, I didn't like either one. Because the best player on the field is Lamar Jackson, and you take him out of the play. Yeah. You know, because if, if the thing is, oh, yeah, we take, a, we take a defender with him over to the boundary so that, you know, we play uh, 10 on 10. Uh, you know, I would rather go 11 on 11 with Lamar Jackson with the ball in his hands. Agreed. You know, it, it's, just, it's like that doesn't make sense to me. So that was a bad, bad play call. I Like, even though it worked out earlier in the year, I didn't love it then. I didn't love it against the Patriots, obviously. I don't love that in a rainstorm you know, against the Patriots at a point where we really need to make that play happen, that's not that's a, not the time for it. Yeah, it's a different situation when you're playing with the lead, you're in positive territory, you're trying to ice the game. That's one thing. But when you're on your own side of the field, you're playing from behind or, or at least tied in a crazy storm, and this is Mark Ingram who just – is just getting back onto the field after missing three weeks. It just doesn't add up. I like, I, I, yeah. know, I, I just didn't get it, but Silly. overall um, it does seem a, a little bit like Roman is what he is. I have a hard time blaming everything on him because no. a lot of the execution has been very sloppy. And, you know, just like in college basketball, things like things look a lot better when you make shots, your offense looks a lot better when you make shots. This Ravens offense isn't executing to the level of which they did last year. And I think that is the biggest factor of why this offense looks different versus Greg Roman becoming a stale or worse play caller. Yeah, I think I, I think there's probably a, a, a good bit of that there. Um, you know, my. My biggest concern is, and I said this before the season started, you know, when we were talking about, the, oh, we don't have a third tight end. And the fact that a third tight end has made it so difficult for us to have a functioning NFL offense, to me, is, is laughable at best. I mean, for a guy that was the off- offensive coordinator of the year, I believe, last mm-hmm. year, you know, it's like you – you you would think he'd be able to put together a an offense that could be successful. I I I don't know. I I and I'm rambling a bit, but it it just really. I I want to be positive about Greg Roman. I hate you know it it this is it's almost like you know every year at Thanksgiving. What do you do? You complain about the Ravens offense. You know, I, <laughs> I I don't want to be the, the guy that continually calls for the offensive coordinator's head. And I don't think that's necessarily what needs to happen here, I hope. But I don't see, I'm not seeing enough innovation in the passing game. I'm not seeing, and, and we can get to Hollywood, or shall I call him Marquis, in yes, a moment. Yes, thank you. Um, but... You know, there aren't enough plays that are getting our guys open, manufacturing ways to get guys open that need to get the ball. Other teams are able to make that happen. And the Ravens right now 
at least as far as the passing game goes, are not able to consistently do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, it just seems like other teams are scheming passes a lot better than, than the Ravens are able to. But if if it comes down to a consider or, or uh, a conversation of should Greg Roman be fired, I think that answer is still no. Um, you know, there are a lot of on-field execution mistakes that I think if could get corrected would be uh, a, a. I mean, things would look a lot better. I do think some of this is on the coaching staff as far as, like I said, the illegal formations. Figure it out, guys. Come on. Uh, the scheming of getting, being creative in ways to get the ball into the receiver's hands and letting a guy like Marquise Brown, notice I didn't call him Hollywood, uh, Devin DuVernay, get, let them run with the ball after the catch. And, you know, it seems like a lot of other teams are able to do that. You know, we saw the Patriots do that. You know, they were they were just finding easy passes and, and letting guys go after the catch um, on little play action passes. And that just doesn't seem to be the case very often with the Ravens. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. It, it, it's frustrating to watch, especially with how explosive things were last year. And, and of course, you can't always compare to last year because. Everything no, was that was a record-breaking but, offense. I yeah, mean, we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna do that again, you know. But to not have the consistency at all on the offensive line, even when it was healthy, um, you know, really does not bode well. Because I don't look at our options now and say, oh well, it's gonna get better. And really, a lot of it definitely comes down to that offensive line. I mean, losing. Losing Yonda was way bigger than we gave credit for. You know, instead of drafting Dobbins, maybe we should have drafted the best offensive lineman on the board. And I don't know who that was at the time. I haven't looked at that. But, you know, that may have been where we've made a mistake in the draft. Because look, Dobbins has shown some flashes, but I've I have to admit, I, I also haven't been blown away either by JK Dobbins. Yeah, there's a couple guys available actually. Um Ezra Cleveland is a starter for the Vikings right now. He's a tackle. Um another guy that I noticed was Damian Lewis. Uh he's been getting snaps for the Seahawks. So there were some offensive linemen available. Uh, in that spot, I don't think I regret taking Dobbins, but there were some guys available there. But you know, it's hard to say now. Um, let's see. Other bad things? Um, oh, Fluker was really bad. You mentioned the offensive line. Yeah, uh, that was ugly, man. That was. I mean, there was no way uh, he's well equipped to play tackle anymore in the league. Uh, that was that was a lifetime ago as as far as offensive linemen go. He's best suited uh, at the guard spot. And maybe maybe that's what happens if if we have to play, if we have to shuffle things around. You know, we did notice that against the Colts, the running game got going as Fluker was plugged in. Um, I guess he was in tackle there, too. So maybe I misspoke. But I think the best place for him is guard. Um, the tackle is just not going to work out on the left side or the right side. So. Well, let's be, fair, let's be real. At this point, we have enough guards that I'd probably rather see playing other than Fluker. I mean, if he's yeah, not, I would. to be honest with you, I mean, I, and, and, and it's one thing, I, I don't want to say that I'm not at all trying to say we need to rebuild or something like that. But at this point in the season, when we're, the line's already in shambles. Let me see some of the younger players. I don't want to see more D- of DJ Fluker. I want to see McCarry and I want to see Powers and I want to see Bredesen because why the heck not? At least maybe there's some upside there that we're not seeing with, or we're not going to see with Fluker. The guy that I really want to see is Powers, uh, and I think he will probably get some snaps going forward. I don't think that McCarry move 
to right tackle is is a is a uh, temporary one for this year. I think he's probably going to be the guy going forward. But I, I really want to see what we have with Powers because, like I said, I thought he was pretty good uh, from what I could see against the Pats. And, and you know, we have some softer defenses coming up. You know, the Patri- Patriots defense, despite uh, no Stephon Gilmore, now that's still a decent defense. Um, as far as their secondary goes, you saw they have young guys like uh, Uche, who got some pressure on Lamar. Um, you know, of course, you know, we get the Titans defense, which isn't what it was last year. And then we get the Steelers, which kind of sucks. But then we got Cowboys, Jags, Giants, and Bengals defense um, with the Browns thrown in there. So things ease up on the defensive side uh, for, for the offense. So there, it could see some uh, regression back to uh, what we would expect uh, out of the offense, uh, of course, uh, realistically expect. But uh, let's see. Any other bad? Uh, yeah, let's talk Let's talk, uh, Mr. Marquise Brown. And maybe this even gets into ugly. Yeah. Because, uh, this is ugly. I, I think at this yeah. point, this has to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think you had some good thoughts on him while, while no, we were texting. No, I think, you know, this whole business of him tweeting and, oh, I'm not getting the ball enough. And, oh, I'm done with it at this point. The man, okay, he had a, a couple nice games last year. He has done, after all the bullshit that we had to read all throughout the offseason, hyping himself up. And look at all this business and blah, 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 blah. And how everybody was so hyped about Mr. Hollywood, quote unquote. Well, Hollywood ain't done shit to deserve that name. So, Mr. Marquise, it's time for you to step up and show why you were a first round pick. I'll tell you what, you are right now, he's been a terrible first round pick. And you know who we should have taken is that young man out in Seattle that even I poo-pooed after a, certain, after a good while in the draft. And I, I uh, read into all the, the articles that took him down, that he was just the you know workout warrior. But DK is a beast. And you know, how different would our offense look Marquise, just saying. We we had a shot at, at Metcalf in the third as well, and we took Boykin. So, uh, you know, yeah, everybody missed everybody missed on that one. But yeah, did we really I, take I Boykin before Metcalf? I believe so. Before yeah. Metcalf, I didn't think. Yeah, I thought you, Metcalf got taken before we took Boykin. Um. You might have to double check me on this, but I believe. Yeah, uh, let me let me look. Let me look while you continue to talk. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe Boykin was after him. But um, here's the deal. You can't call out your offensive coordinator for not getting you the ball and then demand more looks and then run two of the sorriest double moves uh, that the oh. offense or the league has seen. One which leads to an interception because you can't get any separation. You can't fight for the ball. I mean, like, you can't do that. Like you, And then, and then continue to call yourself Hollywood. Um, I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that, that way. Um, he's, he's got a ton of talent, but when you can't match – like everybody's fast. Every every corner is fast. Like you can't just run past people unless you're Tyreek Hill, who is a different level of fast, right? You have to have some nuance in your route running. And somehow still that's not what we see out of Marquise Brown on a consistent basis. You know, he does uncover on on some crossing routes, on some dig routes and things like that, but the, the routes in which you in, in expect him to win where it's a foot race, it just hasn't been there. And there's been a couple opportunities where Lamar has missed Hollywood, where he has a step, a step and a half uh, on the defender. But what we saw against the Patriots was, you know, 
not that it's an effort thing. I I just wonder if it's like understanding of, of like his 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 development. As, like I I just didn't see. Like well, here's working my with, biggest question: Does he really fit our offense, dude? Like he he they play him outside, and I really think that his best opportunity is in the slot. I, I really but he, think but that's he his plays best in chance. The slot in this offense, Willie Snead. Well, and Willie Snead for that matter, who's basically a tight end. So right now, I mean, we don't have guys to put outside. Uh, and even Des Bryant, maybe he's not like he may not even fit as an outside wide receiver anymore. So it's just like a it's a really strange fit right now with uh, Mr. Brown here because it's just it's just very weird to call out your offensive coordinator in my mind, and then you know when they like design plays, yeah, and then just you know not really play up to what everybody thinks you are and it's it's disappointing i think his production this year has been disappointing and and not all of it's on him sure i'll give you that you know there's been some missed throws there's been missed opportunities but come on man if you're open you're gonna get found and i just don't think that uh that's been the case uh often enough for him to be uh tweeting out things uh being critical of of the coaching staff yeah i mean on the same day that we had as as fans had to watch the hail murray play with the cardinals and deandre hopkins who the ravens tried to get over the offseason before he went to the cardinals but that you know you you talk about a guy that demands the ball and is going to go get it Hopkins had three defenders around him that had him absolutely blanketed, and he still ended up making a, that catch for a touchdown at the end of the game with everything on the line for that game. And where is that from our supposed number one wide receiver, self proclaimed Hollywood? Not really self proclaimed. I guess that was what's his nose, the announcer at Fox, but still. You got to earn that in the pros, bud. And he's living a bit too much off of his college press clippings at this point. And, you know, a couple good games during your rookie season does not a Pro Bowl or Hall of Fame wide receiver make. Yeah. I I do still think he has a chance to be a really good player. Uh, I I hope think I really, I really think it's his best shot is in the slot. Because we've seen some of his biggest plays are from the slot where he can challenge a safety with his speed. But, you know, being on the outside against uh, another team's top corner who's going to be physical with him, uh, it just it, it's just not working out so far. And um, I did look up the, the Boykin draft. And you're right. Uh, yeah. Metcalf was, was taken was about a round, round, like a whole round before him. I, I'm trying to remember who I was thinking of. But. Yeah, it's just been disappointing this year. Like, the expectations were so high, probably, you know, unfairly high, uh, given what we know this offense to be as a run-first options. But it's just been tough to see, um, you know, like, I I really hesitate to knock somebody's effort um, because I don't – I, I don't I don't feel comfortable doing that just because you know they sure. are probably trying very hard, but the amount of fight that he showed on the interception, trying to at least break up the pass, um, you know, was was a little bit lacking for me. Yeah, I, I didn't, go I didn't get love the that. damn ball. Just go yeah, get I, I the didn't damn love ball. That. Knock it down. Yeah. Do something. Show some understanding, and I don't know. I don't know if uh, awareness is the right term, but, you know, it, it, it proactiveness, I don't know. Like, think about the situation and the fact that this defender is about to pick off the damn ball. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it was a, it was an opportunity to score at least a field goal then. You know, I mean, it would have been tough in the rain and the wind and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, you've got to trust the best kicker of all time uh, yeah. that he's going to have a chance to make it, which would have made it, you know, a different game at the end there. But it, it's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, should Lamar have thrown that? You know, it was one on one. You know, you give your guy a chance, but your guy's got to take that chance. He's got to he's got to seize that opportunity, and and that hey, wasn't. if you're what gonna ended if you're happening. gonna tweet about wanting the football, and yeah. your quarterback is giving you that chance, and it's a bad throw, but he's giving you that chance. You got to go protect your quarterback and make sure the defender doesn't catch that ball. Yep, yep, I agree. Um. Let's see. Another ugly was was the snaps from Matt Skura, which we mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, they were killer, man. Uh, the one to Mark uh, Mark Ingram. I'm sorry on fourth down was bad. Um, the one late in the fourth quarter uh, on first down, you lose 15, 16 yards, make it mm. a second and what was that? Second and a mile, twenty six like. or something. Yeah, 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 whatever that was. You know that you can't do that. Obviously, um, you know that really stinks. Uh, he had a tough time, man, and and it's not the first time he's ever had no. a tough time with his snaps. You know, it's something that we've seen before. And, he had a bad um, snap the week before. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Indianapolis inside. Yeah, right. It's, okay, yeah, it was a 16-yard loss. Um, the Ravens had just converted a first down. Uh, on a, on a nice Lamar Jackson scramble, which we like to see, which we mentioned earlier on, uh, when when we're down with seven minutes left in the game, the offense has been looking good, and then uh, exactly. you set your yeah you set yourself up with the second and twenty six. Uh, there were other snaps too that Lamar just happened to catch uh, yeah. that were not good either. And that just throws off the timing of plays. It it makes Everything. him take his eyes off of the field and have to yeah. go to catching the ball. And we know that every every little split second matters uh, in the NFLs, and and you know that certainly doesn't help. So, is this a inflection point in in Matt Skura's time here? And and of course. I don't know if you saw this actually, but people were being like very terrible, mean to his wife. Oh, you can't do that, man. No, come on, not like. And that's that's really the terrible, the, the worst. I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, that's really the yeah. ugliest. You know, let's be real. That makes all Ravens fans look like terrible people. Those kind of people. I don't want you to be a Ravens fan. You need to go get a life, and and I hope you go get COVID. I mean, that's. The stupid, most stupid thing for people to do, bullying someone's family, let alone that person, but someone's family on social media over a football game. I mean, that's just outrageously offensive in so many ways, you know, and and look, Matt Skura had a crappy game. If you want to go boo Matt Skura at a football game, go for it, you know, whatever. That's that's what happens when you're a professional athlete and you have a crap game. But anything beyond that, you know, as far as just attacking family or any kind of personal outside of football, anything is so offensive and ridiculous. And it makes me stuff like that. When I see Ravens fans do that, it really, really pisses me off. Because we love to try to act like, oh, Ravens fans are, we're better than that. You know, we're better than the Raiders fans of the world. Or, God forbid, the... The um, Eagles fans. Yeah, Eagles fans. Or, or even, look, when the Ravens are good, I hate to say it, but if the Ravens ever have any sustained success where they're winning championships like the Patriots did, or, I mean, hopefully they do. But I'll tell you what, I don't want to be around our fans at that point. Because Baltimore fans already get insufferable about really stupid things. And that's just going to be ridiculous, which is unfortunate. I'll be honest with you. I want to 
I want to sit here and say, man, Ravens fans can be great. Actually, Ravens fans can suck quite a bit because they all have inferiority complexes. And it's just, some of them are just punks. So I'll, I'll get yeah. off my soapbox for a minute and let you talk about Max Cora. But. No, yeah, I, I, I think you said that really well. And um, just really quick, I think I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but it, it's been a thought that I've had all season. Is going fourteen and two last year was the worst thing that could happen for this fan base. Yeah, um, this set some wild expectations uh, that uh, like like what yeah, I obviously have not I been. Shouldn't met. have. Uh... Didn't have uh, predicted fourteen and two again this season. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. It's just, it's just like expecting to, yeah, like go out and beat every team by thirty and be perfect every week at week in week out. Um, it's just not. No, it's I, just not possible. Um, I agree. Yeah, I, I, there could be a change coming, um, and, and it seems like Skura is one of like Harbaugh's guys. You know, he's been around, he's struggled before, but he's worked through it. Um, obviously, he's a smart guy. He's he's been an effective player for sure. Uh, you you hope that this is just one of those one of those things that um, you know he gets through. But we've seen it a couple of weeks in a row. Like last last week, we were able to blame it on the cut on his hand. This week, uh, on the weather. But you know the Patriots guys didn't really have an effort, uh, have any issues. Um, it's just it's just such a fundamental thing to playing offense is getting the ball to your quarterback. And I'm trying to think of like what the equivalent would be in another sport, like like a player, like a basketball player being able to dribble. You can't like you know. Well, you have throwing to do that. throwing the ball in baseball, you know, being able yeah. to throw the ball to a base or to the catcher, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, and it's when when that is disrupting things, like you don't stand a chance. Yeah, like you can't you can't run plays. The fun, so if you can't do the fundamentals. You're, yeah, so if that done. stays an issue, uh, it, I mean, it can't stay an issue is what I mean to say. You know, if if against the Titans there there are some problems again, um, I think you got to pull the plug because despite everything going wrong and things being difficult this year, the Ravens are still six and three. They're in the middle of a playoff chase, uh, tied with a whole bunch of teams at six and three. They're not done you know we we're talking about this team like they're three and six and they're heading for the top 10 draft pick but they're still six and three and it may not be the best six and three in the world ever but it's still six and three there's still a playoff spot on the line and there's like like you said it's not a rebuild yet it, like it, it's not to that point where we're just trying to see what it, what we have it's what do we have that's going to help us you know, first get to the playoffs and, and get a playoff win and then move on to the Super Bowl. And that might be, you know, unrealistic expectations. But at six and three, you cannot throw the rest of the season away. No, you can't. I mean, and, and I keep trying to, you know, boost my enthusiasm by telling myself, gosh, early December of 2012, in no way, shape or form did I think the Ravens were a Super Bowl winning team in no way shape or form in that December and early in that in that month did I think the Ravens were going to do anything like they ended up doing now this is a very different team way different circumstances but anything can happen once you get into the playoffs. So, as you said, um, the season's not over. But I'll be honest with you. While the season's not over, back looking at the, the remaining schedule, I expect the Ravens to probably finish 10 and 6. Yeah, with, with, I think that's fair. The, I think that's a, that's a probably fair assumption with what they've got left. That means we're losing to the Titans, we lose to the Steelers, we lose to uh, Cleveland, I think. 
Um, and who else am I missing? Let me pull the schedule back up. I think the other games are against the Giants, the Jags, and the Cowboys. Dallas? Yeah, okay. So, um, well, no, that's – so wait, I guess I have us going 9-7. and seven. I take that back. Um, yeah. If we, so, so we I have, have the, us losing to Cleveland in my, in my mind right now, which sucks. Okay, but yeah. That's, and that's the other end of this, too, is we've got the Browns that are now 6-3. and three, Who, mm-hmm. granted, we beat the Browns, so we do have that tiebreaker for the moment. But they're coming on strong. So we've got a we've got a team, another team in our division outside of the you know Steelers who are unbeatable for the moment. Um, and you know things are looking things are looking dire moment for me. I have to admit. Yeah, yeah. So our, our remaining seven games here are Titans, Steelers, Cowboys, Browns, Jags, Giants. So if you say we lose Titans, Steelers, and Browns, that means we go four and three for the rest of the year. We end up at ten and six. Ten and six, I think. So I was right. Is gonna, I, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think that ends up having you compete for that sixth or seventh playoff spot. And we got to remember for that sure. there's seven spots this year. Yeah, and there might even be an eighth. I think was what they're talking about. Maybe that's for next year. But like you said, just got to get in and you know see what happens. When the Ravens won their Super Bowl back in two thousand, they were the sixth seed. Yeah, um, they didn't win the division that year either. And and I think we can at this point, you know, kind of kiss the division goodbye a little bit. Uh, that's not going to yeah. happen because the way the Pittsburgh playing and the way that we're playing, and it's just not it's just not going to happen. But there is still a chance, and you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs or the old whatever uh, cliches. You just need a chance, and I, I think that this team is still, relative to the schedule that they have remaining, can still put their way back into back into earning a spot there. So while this episode has been a lot of gloom and doom, there is still some perspective required the team is still three and six um they can still lose i'm sorry six and three the ravens can still lose a couple games and still be in decent shape uh to make a run at at the six seed or you know even the five seed depending on what what everybody else does so there's still reason for hope in baltimore and and it's not going to be all crazy um Let's get into a prediction real quick because we've been recording for a while here. Um, I think we're both on the same page here in which uh, we're expecting a Titans victory. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a lot of Derrick Henry. I think he's going to run for about 200 yards. Um, for some reason, the the odds makers out there have the Ravens favored by, I think we said six and a half. Which is yeah, outrageous strange. to me. Unless yeah. they know something we don't, which they usually do. Um, but I, I, if I was a betting man, I would be putting a lot of money on the Titans with six and a half points. Um, but yeah, I, I see this being shoot twenty eight to ten Tennessee. Yeah, especially if our, if our offensive line continues to struggle and yeah. uh, Clayus Campbell and Brandon Williams are out, um, it's probably going to be a fairly similar formula than what we saw last year against the Titans. And honestly, uh, what the Patriots did last week was, you know, establish the run, only throw when you have to, and then, you know, kind of sit in zone on defense and keep Lamar Jackson in front of you. Um, so it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, I think the injuries that the Ravens have on the defensive line make this a tough game to win. I'm not sure on the score because uh, Derrick Henry can pop off some big runs every now and then. Yeah, and, you know, they can score pretty quick. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's 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 going to be tough uh, for the Ravens to to keep this one. Uh, maybe they'll keep it close. I don't know, but I think the I think the Titans will will uh, walk out of Baltimore with another win. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll seem, 
it'll be a close 28 to 10, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I mean, I think because I think it's going to be one of those deals where it's like, let's say it's like 14 to 10 at halftime. Mm-hmm. And then Tennessee just runs it out in the second half to the point where they hold the ball and, you know, score one t- touchdown each quarter to just finally put it away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, you know, I would love to say that the Ravens are going to come out fired up and, and ready to uh, avenge their loss to the Pats and eventually their loss from last year, but just may not have the juice uh, as far as the injuries go and, and hurting the roster overall. Um, I did want to end on a light note and talk about my uh, autograph event with uh, Absolutely. one and only Mandrews. So, um, so, so it was kind of cool. So you, you're about ready to announce the uh, the uh, interview session with the Mandrews, right? Or are we going to do that? Or are we going to get to uh, have him on the show? I'll tell you what, I would love to announce that, but the format of the event was a little bit different than I thought. Um, it was like text-based uh, question and answer, so I was typing in questions, and uh, uh, they were picking which ones that they were going to ask him so that he could a- uh, answer. My question about the podcast it was not selected, surprisingly, oh, uh, to, to even be Wawa. yeah to even be posed to him. Come yeah, it was an event with Wawa. Um, did learn some nice things about uh, uh, the Mandrews. He's a big Star Wars guy. He loves Harry Potter. Uh, so I think a nickname change may be in line because he's been watching Ooh. The Mandalorian. And oh. if you watch The Mandalorian, they call him Mando. And Mando, Mandrews, maybe I some, like it. Maybe some hybrid. Way. This is the, the way. way. So I maybe like he it. just becomes Mando. Maybe he's Mando Ruse. You have spoken. Still, you have still, spoken. Uh, yeah, yeah, still workshopping a couple ideas. But, uh, yeah, he just seems like a nice, normal guy. You know, he likes Star Wars and Harry Potter, like I mentioned. Uh, he likes to fish and play golf and, you know, hang out with his family. He's just a normal dude that just happens to be huge and really good at football. So, yeah, I mean, it was cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it for sure. Good stuff. And are you going to put the uh, picture up on your uh, Twitter page? I will. I will. Um, so the story behind that is uh, – my my little nephew, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago for, for Halloween, I went out to um, uh, Pittsburgh with, with my wife to hang out with my brother, my sister-in-law, and my nephew, and uh, they decided to dress him up as Luke Skywalker, so the rest of us also decided to do Star Wars theme, and I was Kylo Ren, and um, the costume showed up a little bit before that during uh, the Bengals game, which I was pretty bored by the end of it, so I decided to throw it on. And take a picture of it. So that was the picture that I ended up submitting to uh, the Mandrews for him to sign, and uh, it's uh, it, it 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 makes me smile. So it is <laughs> it a, is great. It is great it, when you send it to me. It's pretty fantastic. I have to. Yeah. Nicely yeah, done, sir. Cool. Nicely done. Yeah. So that was cool. It's uh, and end the episode on a light note. So uh, go well, Mando, if you're, if you're listening out there. We'd love to have you on the show. So even though that the uh, PR team from uh, Wawa and the Ravens kept you away from us out there, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. We would. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>